Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's live episode of the podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of those latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. So head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today. <clears throat> Excuse me. The website is betonline.ag, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, which is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Um... Uh, just wanted to remind everyone, there's a there's a small thing happening next week in Los Angeles. Uh, Juanito, do you know what that small thing is next weekend or next week? I'm sorry, in Los Angeles. No, qué? Cuéntame. Uh, we're having a kickback at uh, LA Hot Wings, and uh, we're we're gonna be there the whole gang, all of us, todos. Vamos a estar ahí. Granted, I know we're a taco podcast, and that's gonna be a, a, a wing and a pizza place. But you know what? Don't discriminate against food. Uh, Alicia, what are we going to have there? Well, we will be there in person together for the first time, which is pretty cool. We're going to go live with our podcast. We're going to have special guests come by because you never know who's stopping by the carne asada. And we will have lots of giveaways, including some gifts for the kiddos because it's family friendly. So good food, good people, good times. Come on by and watch the All-Star Game with us. Yes, and if you don't know where LA Hot Wings is, it's 5468 Valley Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, 90032. Uh, obviously, if you're an Angelino, you get this uh, off the 710 and Valley View Boulevard. Super easy to find it. Uh, can't miss it. Huge thanks to LA Hot Wings also for uh, for hosting our, uh, our little kickback that we're going to be doing. And we hope that all of you can pull up and uh, hang out with us and watch the All-Star game. And, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be some Dodger All-Stars. And, uh, and again, to Alicia's point, you never know who's going to stop by the Canasada. What the hell is going on, Roger? Oh, he can't hear us. He doesn't have headphones on. Rod, that's not going to work. That's absolutely not going to work. Like what? What? what bro, you're inside. What? So yeah, let, some, let me describe you know, for those of you uh, listening. So for those of you listening to the iPod, I mean iPod, to the podcast <laughs> and not. Uh, Good job you know, on dating yourself, Juanito. Exactly. And watching uh, on YouTube. We have some giveaways that Babyface is modeling here. So one of the giveaways is one of those classic beach straw hats with the Dodger logo. So those are provided by FOCO. So thank you to FOCO. Uh, we're also going to be giving out our Bleed Lows podcast gear. We have so Bleed Lows podcast hats, hats. Uh, the new ones. And then uh, we, have a, a, we have the Retire 34 hat that we're going to be giving away also. But there's going to be a new shirt. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, and and then Alicia's holding, a, 
We got uh, Trejo Cerveza. Danny Trejo has donated some of the Trejo Cerveza that we're going to be giving away at the kickback. So we got Trejo's gear that we're going to be giving out. So make sure. Oh, and then Lasorda Wine. Uh, you know, Alicia's looking like one of the Barker's beauties right now she's, over there. She's and, like on, and on, the, on, price a, is on right. the Price is Right. What was yeah. that a- I'm going to so, get on the bar and do Coyote Ugly. I'm just it, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so there's going to be it's a lot funny. of giveaways. So there's going to be a lot yeah. of reasons for you guys to be there. Uh, not only don't forget to wear your Dodger gear because you're going to get half off appetizers if you wear your Dodgers gear. Uh, and then Babyface, I know we're going to be un- unveiling. I don't there's going to be a new, a new show. Yeah, he can't hear me right now because he took off his headphones. This, this is going smoothly, by the way. This it commercial swimmingly. that we got going. Swimmingly. Right. All right, can you hear me now, Babyface, now that you put I, on I your headphones? You. Okay, so we have a new shirt that we have designed that is what we're going to be referring to as our Dodgers Latino Legacy shirt. And uh, there'll be some available at the kickback on Tuesday, but they will be available on the website soon for those Woo! of you who are watching on the YouTube. And this is another reason why you should subscribe to the YouTube so you can take part in all, all the visuals that we're showing here. We're going to throw it up on the socials, but this is our Dodgers Latino Legacy shirt that will it. be available uh, at the kickback on Tuesday. And then it'll be available for sale very shortly online. So again, spread the word. So you, Can't you wanna, wait to you meet you guys. want to read it, Juan, for those that are just listening? For those of us listening on the podcast, what the Dodgers Latino Legacy shirt consists of is four names. Jarrin, Mota, and Valenzuela, and Urias. And then, of course, the fifth part of the Latino Dodgers Legacy <laughs> is the Bleed Lost podcast because we are the only Latino podcast that talks Dodgers. Fast. Right. And that'll be available uh, soon. We'll, we'll give you guys all the details on... Uh, on when that'll be dropping but either way come come hang out at the watch party uh it starts at five o'clock on tuesday i know that's early for some of you but uh pull up We're, we won't go live until after like it won't be at five i promise you we we also run our mexican time here so it won't be on time um, <laughs> and an example of that is for those of you who logged on at 7 30 expecting to see the bleed Lost podcast go live at 7 30 you know we didn't go live at 7 30 no. No, I always give a buffer when you're inviting Latinos to anything. So that's that's why it is. But Tuesday, July 19th, L.A. Hot Wings, 5468 Valley Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, 90032. Pull up, come through, come hang out. And again, you never know who's going to who's gonna show up to the Carnesada. The whole gang is going to be there. We'll be there doing a live broad, uh, podcast. Can't wait to hang out. Uh, speaking of uh, the All-Star game, uh, I... I I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, Freddie Freeman's a bigger snub than I thought. And he's showing today kind of why. I mean, he's 13, 13 of 15, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's uh, 13 of at-bats of 15, just making it look super easy to hit a baseball. That's why I'm a pitcher, because I couldn't hit. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys agree. Do you think Freddie Freeman is a bigger snub than it appears? Yeah, and you know what's really surprising to me is that the manager of the National League All-Star team is Brian Snitker, a former, uh-huh. well, current Atlanta Braves manager. You would think he would have shown Freddie Freeman some love. Uh, so the question I guess I need to pose to everyone here is, 
is, is this a response to Freddie Freeman's tear that he's going on right now? Is this a response to the all-star snub? Or is this a response to the article that Dylan Hernandez wrote <laughs> in the LA Times this past week? Um, uh, I believe the, uh, I believe I was, I was going to do that sound effect because my kid does that. But I also, <laughs> the other thing my kid says is, what's the T on that one? Well, I, I mean, for those of you who I, I look, I know there's a lot of people that did not read that article. And this is why I know a lot of people didn't read that article, because three quarters, <laughs> three quarters of that article was praising Clayton Kershaw. Dylan Hernandez was just speaking very glowingly about Clayton Kershaw and about Kershaw getting selected to his ninth All-Star game. But all anybody talked about, especially on the Twitterverse, is that Dylan Hernandez basically said that, well, not basically, he did say that <laughs> Freddie Freeman was emotionally unstable and that Andrew Friedman should, you know, be worried that he, his star is in an emotionally unplayer and implying is it somebody that they can rely on. Uh, can so, I read a quote from that article that you just go, referenced? Go right ahead, sir. Uh, this is from Dylan Hernandez's article in the LA Times. Uh, Freeman hit with tears in his eyes in a recent visit to old home in Atlanta and hit again Sunday after he learned of his snub. So maybe none of this matters, but man, if I were Andrew Friedman, I'd like my $162 million hitter, number three hitter, to be more emotionally stable. On the bright side, the Dodgers know what they have from a mental standpoint in Clayton Kershaw. Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote that. <laughs> All right, br bring the heat, Alicia. What do you think? No, no, no. I, I am um, <laughs> right away. No, I am no. um, all love. I, I, I still have my Mazatlan vibes going. Like I just want to be chill. Did we see this coming? Yes. Uh, Dylan Hernandez, LA Times writer. He is a friend of Carmia Saba. So yes. we read. I admire Dylan very much, and even if I don't always agree with him. And even as someone who I claim I am a shameless homer, I am not rigid. I'm willing to hear other people's points of view. Right. I don't, I did not follow Freddie Freeman's career. So I'm not one of those that claim to, you know, know what he was about. I knew he was a great hitter. I knew he was a likable guy. In fact, on one of our podcasts, I went off on like, oh, he's such a good guy because that's what he was presenting himself as. But dang, did Dylan Hernandez open that box, that Pandora's box? Because now we're hearing all these other rumors and the tweets and the agents suing and, and uh, sports broadcasters being sued by Freddie's former eight. I mean, it just goes on and on. So if this is Freddie Freeman meeting his tear now, his performance now, which is stellar, um, if this is what he does to respond to, you know, the bullies or whatever he wants to call. I'm all for it. Sorry, that was a little glitch right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, bring it. We're, we're stuck with him, right? I thought that was a euphemism. Just she, totally, she totally just censored herself. She, just, she, did. she totally cussed and just <laughs> uh, bleeped her and bleeped herself. <laughs> Baby angry. face. Come on, I, I want to hear you being that you are the soft-spoken one uh, of the group. Well, what do you think about what Dylan wrote? I mean, it's Dylan, Dylan being Dylan, right? I mean, you know, we were referring to this off-camera. Like, Dylan is the heel of this 
novella, right? So he's the one that's going to come in and push those buttons and <laughs> and get people talking. I mean, that's what he's there to do. He's there to create a story, create something, create emotion with the readers. And he's doing it. I mean, he's doing it to Freddie. And, and look what Freddie's been doing since that article came out, right? He's tearing it up. So it, it's Dylan. I mean, I I wouldn't expect anything less from Dylan. You know, he's... You go back and you look back at what Dylan's wrote over his career. He's always pushing those buttons, so it's Dylan being Dylan. So let, let me ask you guys this: I I know it was phrased differently, mm-hmm. and I think there might be a little different meaning. But how much of a difference is what Kershaw said about Freddie Freeman than what Dylan said about Freddie Freeman? I feel like it's because it's from a peer. It's a mm-hmm. different point of view. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, who who am I to sit here and, oh, Freddie Freeman, you're emotionally unstable, bro. Like, you, I've never been a fucking first baseman. Like, what, in the in the in the show. Like, who but am I? But to to what you're talking about, Alonzo, in a sense, right? Isn't uh, Kershaw what didn't what Kershaw say was him basically questioning Freeman's loyalty? To that's the how I took it. Yeah, that's how I took it. So I I know that maybe what Dylan the way Dylan phrased it was a little harsh. Right. In the sense saying that he's emotionally unstable, but at at the high, at the core of it, aren't they both saying the same thing? Aren't they questioning whether Freddie Freeman could be depended on? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But at the same time, again, it's it's the comparison's going to be it's it's Clayton Kershaw to Dylan Hernandez, right? Right. Right. Like no, no, no disrespect to Dylan; he's a friend of the Carnesada. But if Clayton Kershaw isn't a you know, I'm in the same clubhouse as him, all that stuff, and he's gonna, you know, take time to go to the media and say that publicly. That's that's a different thing, right? I mean, that's Kersh- it's Kershaw and JT's clubhouse. There's no other way to put it, right? right? So if it's coming from one of those guys, it's one thing. If it's gonna be something harsh like this from a reporter, I mean, everyone's gonna deal with it differently, right? I mean, that that's just that's just me. Can I ask? So. I'm very curious when we are saying we, the Bleelos podcast, uh-huh. is Freddie Freeman dependable? I'm curious what that means because what I took from what Kershaw said, again, he was being a leader. I respect what he said. I was, was just he maybe getting him in line, like get in line, like, you know, like get on the right team, bro. But dependable meaning as a player, I don't know. I don't think. I, I'm not sure that's the same thing. Am, am I misunderstanding what you mean? No, no, no. I think you're right. I think reliable is the better word. Yes, exactly. I misspoke. You're right. Reliable is a better word. No, I'm just wondering because uh, you guys tell me that is this is this indicative of what Freddie Freeman's career has been before he became a Dodger? Did he have slumps? Did he have emotional outbursts? Because one other thing Dylan called him in one of his articles was entitled. That he was the kind, Freeman was the kind of player who wanted it both ways. So what Kershaw said might have just been getting him, you know, to fall in place. You're on this team now, bro. You're Mm -hmm. a Dodger now. But I still hope it didn't mean what we're saying, which is he can be uh, too emotional where he's not going to deliver. Now I'm starting to get worried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, here's my take on it, if I'm being honest. I I don't think Freddie's emotional. I feel like anyone that spent that amount of time, uh, you know, especially growing up, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a franchise, like, you know, obviously they're, 
you know, the way they grow up is different to how we grew up. Right. But I mean, if you spent that amount of time growing up, started a family, want a chip, all that stuff. And then the, the separation goes down how it does. Then obviously there's going to be some, some emotion there. Right. I don't think that makes him emotionally unstable because at the same time, the reason you ponied up the money you ponied up to get Freddie Freeman is because you knew what you were going to get. He's one of the best first basemen in all baseball. He's a consistent bat and his abilities are going to age well with what this Dodgers team is. I don't, I don't feel like what he did was out of line. I don't because he was also supposed to be, I mean, like Dale Murphy's Mr. Brave, right? Freddie Freeman was supposed to be kind of Dale Murphy 2.0, Mr. Brave, all that stuff. The separation happened the way that it did. And, and here we are now, right now it's obviously, I understand Kirk Clayton's point too. Hey bro, this is our team. Now this is where, this is how we do it here. You know, trying to move on. I understand both their perspectives, but I don't necessarily think that it makes Freddie emotionally unstable because I feel like even if you would have gone to just as an example, because supposedly they were in on the sweepstakes, the Yankees, if the Yankees would have gone and played the Braves, it would have been the same thing. I think, I don't think it would have been any different as far as that goes. The media scrutiny, I feel like would have also been the same because the New York market's even crazier, but no, no. And I'm not even referring to Dylan as crazy. It's just the scrutiny. Right. But I mean, that's, that's just, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, if, if, if everyone was in that position, I feel like most people would have had the same outcome, no matter what, what do you think? No, I, 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 what I find really interesting about this is, is Dodger fans perspective on this, right? How many times do we hear that the West coast media is weak that it's not like the, the East Coast media, that the East Coast media is really hard. In particular, you're talking about New York, you're talking about Boston, you're talking about Philadelphia. That the reporters in, the, in, in those cities are really hard on players, and it's really hard to survive if you're not doing well. Well, here we have a writer in Los Angeles who is trying to hold you know some people's feet to the fire, and then Dodger fans lose their mind. This whole thing about, you know, Freddie can't have it both ways. I feel like Dodger fans can't have it both ways. Dodger fans love to crap on players when they don't perform and say, oh, he sucks. Get him out of here. And then the next minute they get a base hit and he's like, oh, dude, that was my guy. I always knew. I, <laughs> I knew it all along. And look no further than what happened last night yeah. in against the Cardinales. Yeah. When everybody, all I saw earlier, and Babyface, Babyface and I were talking about this, how many times did you see DFA Hanser? Yeah. Hanser's got to go. You got to you got to bench Muncie. Right? Fire Roberts. Fire Roberts. Oh, Mun- I mean, <laughs> Hanser was the one who gets the game winning head, and then all of a sudden, everybody loves Hanser. Yeah. So my my thing is this is, and it's a question that I ask a lot of uh, a lot of our guests that we have on is. The difference between, you know, being critical and and actual criticism. So it's just like, hey, Dodger fans, I don't think what Dylan did. I I know that Dylan took a lot of grief because people are saying he's not letting the story die. Look. But but why? What happened to him in the clubhouse? Please you, I mean, you were there, Juan. We we can say that. <laughs> Full of school. You I, I was I was in the locker room when when this when this altercation took place. And, and and altercation is it was not as bad. It was not as bad as people think it was. Freddie Freeman, uh, I think, was not happy, and he yelled across the room. In the story, it was written as a bark. 
That's probably an accurate description. It was not, he was voicing his displeasure. Now there's a lot of people that would avoid that confrontation and it wasn't even a confrontation because Dylan didn't do anything. Dylan didn't respond, right? Dylan could have made that a lot worse by turning it into a shouting match and that's not what happened, okay? Now this is again, how many times have we asked our guests that do you guys pay attention about what they say about you on social media? Are you guys aware? And how many times do we hear people say, well, I'm not on social media or I don't pay attention to it? Well, that's not true. (laughs) Obviously they do pay attention to it because players respond to it. And then that's what brings everybody's attention to it. Right. Right. And I mean, again, at the end of the day, I, where, I mean, listen, the internet may not be a fan of Dylan Hernandez, but he he's taking it on the chin and you got to give him props for props are deserved too, you know, because at the same time, people may not like the media per se, but it's a necessary evil. And what I mean by that is they got to report this sort of stuff. You know, they, they, they have to take, you know, that perspective on it and then get it out there for people to digest. And then they can, you know, formulate an opinion. I don't think Freddie's emotionally unstable. I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't really think anyone thinks that he's emotionally unstable. Did his emotions get the best of him? Absolutely. The situation warranted it. But he's human. But at the end of the day, you know what the Dodgers know what they paid for. And this this production is exactly what they wanted when they went out to make that deal. So it's I I don't understand the flack, but I do. But again, what do I know? I'm just I'm just here. But I mean, again, you corroborated it, though. It wasn't anything more. If anything, the way I'm kind of taking it, especially with like how you said people didn't read the article. He gave Clayton, he gave Clayton his flowers, yes. you know, appreciated him. And then, you know, does he talk about Freddie? Sure. Absolutely. But at the same time, it, it's, I don't feel like it's anything out of the realm as far as criticism goes, but he dances a fine line and he has that rapport with the team. I mean, we've seen it with him and Dave Roberts, how they go yeah. about it. So he's, I feel like he's earned that respect. But again, I also commend Freddie for barking across the clubhouse. Cause like you said, most guys wouldn't do that. Well, look, all I'm saying is, is maybe we should be more thankful. Like I heard, I I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday that we should thank Austin Barnes for falling when he was rounding third, because if he hadn't have fallen, it wouldn't have led to that big, you know, inning that the Dodgers had in the ninth to come back and win the game yesterday. All I'm saying is maybe we're looking at this the wrong way and we should be thanking Dylan because Dylan wrote an article about Julio Urias and then what happened? From there, Julio went on a tear. Yeah. Yes, the last start was not good, but prior to his last start, like Julio was pitching great, and people were even thinking of making him an all-star, right? He writes an article about Freddie Freeman, and now all of a sudden, nobody can get Freddie Freeman out, and Freddie Freeman's on a tear. So maybe we should be thanking Dylan right. for, for bringing <laughs> up these topics and making us have these conversations. The other thing, though, I do have to give tribute to to Freddie Freeman. What this shows to me, and I agree with you, Alonzo, he's not emotionally unstable. To me, it shows how mentally strong he is because this dude can compartmentalize the fact that he's pissed. And, but, or maybe he's just one of those guys that plays angry. Right. You ever see, like, those people that sometimes they play angry and they suck? And it's just like, they just totally get thrown out of their game. Maybe Freddie Freeman is just one of those guys that he plays fantastic when he's angry, and we should just keep pissing off Freddie Freeman. 
you know, if maybe he's gonna go on tears like this, piss him off. <laughs> piss him right, off, piss him off. off. Maybe yeah. that's what I was trying to say earlier. Thank you, Dylan. Like, if, I right? mean, if, if he's not the one out there, there aren't many who are out there calling people out. It doesn't mean he's always right, everybody. It doesn't right. mean just because it's printed, it makes it the truth. But these are conversations we can have. We don't always have to be so rigid. And <laughs> and I'm still, I don't know why he's been snubbed. This is back to what you first said, Juan. Yeah. Freddie Freeman is being snubbed big time. I mean, Goldschmidt and him, they're right here on so many different, you guys are the number nerds. I don't know. But I know that they're, they're I'm a right nerd now, there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the stats nerds. Um, I just, I just feel like, again, he's wearing that name on his jersey. So I'm going to defend Freddie Freeman and be like, yo, he and Will Smith, especially after today's performance, they should be all-stars. That's that was the other one that got shut right there. Yeah. That's the other one that is, <laughs> it is looking very, very glaring at like, how the hell did Will Smith not make this all-star Dude, team? But you know what? Dodger Stadium. <laughs> I, I want to spend some time on Will Smith, but before we leave Freddie Freeman, I just yeah. want to say that I, I I don't know if it was Joe Davis or if it was Jessica Mendoza uh, today on the broadcast, how they had said the effect that Freddie Freeman has had on the team in terms of how the Dodgers have changed their approach this year at the plate. The Dodgers aren't hitting as many home runs as they've hit in the past. Oh, yeah. And you see Freddie Freeman constantly going the left field, taking those plays, waiting on those pitches. I think the, the quote was the Dodgers were just waiting for the four-seamer and just jumping all over it, right? Is that the Freddie Look, if that's the Freddie Freeman effect, I think that approach will play in the playoffs yeah, as opposed to the Earl Weaver approach of let's hit a three-run home run. Well, yeah. and I feel like the thing, like him and Goldie, in my opinion, are the two best first basemen in baseball, not just the NL, in baseball, because they, they do what? They make contact. Those dudes, that's what they do. That's why everyone kind of looks at Goldie like a grinder, right? They, they, just, they just get hits. I mean, right now, Freddie's sitting at 109 hits. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And we, they've only played... 80 something games 80 80 i don't remember the total but that's insane 109 hits so i mean again if if you just need to piss him off do piss him off i don't care whatever he needs to do because he's earning every dollar of that contract i don't care what dylan says in that piece <clears throat> he's earning every dollar in that contract but also let's not forget the reason you gave him that deal is for the postseason because as eric carroll said earlier this week the Dodgers, you can bank it that they're going to make it to the to the postseason. What matters is what they do in the postseason, right? So that's why you brought in a Freddie Freeman because, you, like you said, you, you need that's what you need in the postseason. You just got to get those hits. And if if that's what it's going to turn into to maybe get into a championship, hey, let's do it. Let's piss him off. Whatever he wants to do, yeah. let's piss him off and do it. Aww. You know the 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 Will Smith one is is becoming a little hard to understand too. Uh, now that one, I to me, makes more sense only because. Brian Snickner went with his boy. He right. went with Travis Darno uh, as, as his selection. But I think Blake Harris went ahead and right there, nerd alert for you, Alicia. <laughs> and that was, he broke down all the numbers and it looked like Will Smith beat him in every category. And I just, Will Smith has been on a tear and I wonder if it has to do with the fact that do because of the, the the Dodgers changed their lineup and went Mookie, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, and then Will Smith. I think Will Smith has become the benefactor of that change in the lineup. Having those three guys 
hitting in front of you, Will Smith is getting a lot of meat thrown at him. Well, listen, and no knock to Wilson Contreras. No knock to that guy. That guy, he should be the starter. But I don't see how how Darno should be on the, the roster over Will Smith. I just don't see how. I don't. What, what and even to Alicia's point, it's L.A. I know. What if uh, what if Snitker picked Darno because he knows he's got to go with Kershaw for the start? So you're are you trying to say that Snitker is negotiating here? Right. No, I mean I'm saying you know maybe he went with one of his guys because he knows that Kershaw's going to get the start for. But Snitker has to make that decision as far as who starts, though. But yeah. that's to imply then that Kershaw was not worthy of his All Star well, selection. Well, no, because and it was a pity pick. Because you know, there's there's Alicantra and 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 Gonson, who people are saying those should be the starters. Either one of those guys, Kershaw is more as the kind of like the sentimental favorite to start, and maybe by the numbers shouldn't be starting the game, right? But he's the sentimental favorite. The the history backing has him backed. He's a Hall of Famer, so he should get the start. So Snitker so knows. Will Smith has to suffer because Kershaw. Well, I mean, I mean, you gotta you, you gotta you gotta make a pick somewhere. I mean, you, you could only have a certain amount of guys. So it's gonna. Will be guys Smith gonna... doesn't have to start, but he should be on the team. He should be a reserve. Hundred percent should be a reserve. You know, I mean, it's and the again the disrespect. Don't get me started because it is at Dodger Stadium. Like, <laughs> do they just not stay up late and watch any Dodger games so they don't know? I mean. Numbers should be enough, but if they're not watching, and then the fervor that, like the, the way, Dodger fans love Will Smith as well, you know, and and then he had to have that Will Smith song for that many years, like you know he he's earned it. <laughs> and, <laughs> I and, think and, give it to him. Well, I mean, and listen, no knock to uh, to Wilson Contreras, but I mean Will Smith is right there with him too. You know what I mean? So it's I, I don't get it. But what do I know? I'm not managing an all-star game. I'm just sitting here talking with four folks uh, on a podcast about Freddie Freeman being emotionally unstable. Maybe, Juan, do you think this is because, you know, you call the Dodgers the evil empire? Or is it Alonzo? Alonzo calls them the evil oh, okay. empire. It's- I'm not the only one, though. The, the pissed-off internet calls them the evil empire. Yeah, too. no, no. I know I, I, I've heard it. I just... I refuse because we're not me. Anyway, do you think that that is like just a direct like hey we don't want to give the Dodgers any more than we have to like See, that uh, kind of that bias you know if that's the case that's garbage because the Dodgers are hosting the damn game that's what I'm saying the disrespect if there's any time to give us like a little something it's now yeah no, and look at our weather you get to be here with us you're, you're welcome <laughs> yeah, so look you I, I, I don't weather back east I don't envy Snickers a job at all because no, no. One of the other big, uh, bigger snubs, you could say, is Austin Riley. And that's 100%. a guy that plays uh, for the Braves. Yeah. So he's got to explain to him why he's not taking Austin. So, I, I, I mean, to answer your question, Baby Fizz, I think he probably is damned if you do and damned if you don't there uh, in terms of who. He, someone's always going to be left off. And it, the reason why they're going to be left off, and it's a rule that I actually like, is that everybody needs to have a representative. Yeah. I know people don't like that. It should just be the elite players, but this is an all-star game and you're representing the whole league. Yeah. There's going to be people that are like, you know, Detroit Tiger fans. What is their reason for them watching the show, watching the game if there's no Tigers in the game? And and it's an exhibition. It's an exhibition, right? It's for the fans. Right. It's it the reason why 
like if we're gonna start Kershaw, we're doing it for the fans, right? I, you know, I, I I just feel like we're always gonna have someone there. I do want to address some of the comments that we have here. Uh, Bus driver seventy three thirty two is gonna be at uh, Dodger Stadium. Nice. Uh, he's gonna be there for the home run derby. Um, and then oh, we got our number one fan here, uh, Philip Lopez, joining us again. Uh, he's asking us and. Let's put it on out there for you guys since we're talking about the All-Star game right now. What do you guys think about Corey Seager being invited to be in the Home Run Derby and the fact that his first year in Texas, Corey Seager is an All-Star? Um, I mean, I'm not surprised he's an All-Star. I mean, he, he's he, Corey Seager can rake. I mean, that's, you know, when it, when you have a healthy Corey Seager, dude is a it could be an MVP candidate, right? So I'm not overly surprised. Good for him. Um also, it's the AL, so I don't really care if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> what about you, Alicia? Meh. You know, and Alicia letting her feelings felt about Corey Seager. Are you still mad that he left? I don't miss Corey Seager. I've said that before here. I, I'm, I'm grateful for Trey. I am a Trey Turner fan all day. Um, you got our shortstop starting, so. I just, I just uh, wish him well. I just kind of feel that Corey Seager was never a fit in Los Angeles. I've done a lot of events with the Dodgers and the Dodgers Youth Foundation and stuff. Never saw Corey there. Never saw his family there. That's a personal thing for me. Um, but yeah, can he play? Of course. Is he a good dude and a family man? Of course. I'm not asking, don't come at me. I'm not the anti Corey Seager. But did, did it excite me to see Corey Seager? Do I miss him? No, I miss Kike. I miss like other Dodgers. I miss Theo Albert, but I, I don't miss Corey. So I, I'm not going to fake the funk. Like, good for you, bro. Good for you. Well, and also, I mean, let's be 100% honest. We got the best shortstop in baseball in Trey Turner. In Trey, I trust. So, I mean, that's, it's, that's a, I feel like that's a good, that's a good, uh, to fill that void. You, you got a guy like Trey. Yeah, that's cool. He slides better anyway. He's so cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sliding into Monday, like yeah. <laughs> before, uh, before we move on, I wanted to ask you guys about the home run derby. I am actually, I am intrigued by this, this, uh, this, the roster. I'm a little upset that Giancarlo Stanton is not doing it, um, because for me, it's like, bro, if if there's, I mean, I get why guys don't want to do it either. I understand it, but uh, but to me, I really feel like the home run derby should be the best home run hitters throughout the league right doesn't matter what league they're in just the best guys and i feel like it's a it's a damn shame that you're not going to have one of the leaders in in Giancarlo stanton doing it i i commend kyle schwarber for accepting that bit because he's the he's the well at least as of yesterday he was the home run leader Uh, i haven't looked at the thing today but i'm curious because there's for those of you that don't know it's kyle schwarber from the phillies albert pujols theo from the cardinals uh pete alonzo from the new york mets my last name tocayo uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves, which I was actually surprised by that because he's coming back from injury. Uh, Corey Seager from the Rangers, uh, Alicia's favorite player. Uh, Julio, Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, the rookie, is going to do it. Uh, Juan Soto from the Nationals. Uh, Jose Ramirez from the Guardians uh, is doing it too. I'm, I'm intrigued by this the, the, the bracket setup, but I wanted to hear who you guys think is going to win the derby. Um, it's a tough I- one. I'm I'm going with uh, the polar bear. I, I mean, he seems to be the only the one that really really takes it seriously and is really in, invested in it. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Pete Alonso. Alicia? Well, I just quickly wanted to reference, I thought for sure Giancarlo would be uh, I thought so, too. Uh, I hometown, so too. family. I just assumed. I, my, my bad. And I just <laughs> think it's so whack that the Yankees aren't sending any home run derby. Like, it's just so, talk about weak. And then... Um, I was really hoping Otani would be. Yeah. I really want to see Showtime Showtani, like so bad. So that bummed me out. So I haven't really spent much time on who I thought is going to win. But now you have me thinking. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm 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 being kind of like a Debbie Downer right now because I'm not seeing my like who I wanted to see. <laughs> Well, and, and by the way, for those that haven't heard, the reporting is that Shohei declined the uh, yeah. the invite to the home run derby. Um, which, uh, for me, again, Juan said it: the All Star Game is an exhibition. I feel like you should exhibit your most popular players uh, at, at all costs. So uh, the fact that Shohei isn't doing, and I get it; it's a personal decision. Blah blah. blah. But um, but that that's a bummer. I agree with you. That sucks. And also because Giancarlo, who probably just would have hit bombs anyway isn't doing it that that sucks can you imagine aaron judge and him in a home run derby yeah no. i mean that's 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 made for tv right there right. 100%. it reminds exactly. that that's like being a kid mark mark mcguire and sammy sosa just crushing just raking yeah. but did barry bonds ever do a home run derby i was thinking about that i don't remember him doing a derby ever i think he did yeah i think i think he did but I mean, that's the I thing, think. right? This home run derby is supposed to be like the slam dunk contest. Exactly. But other than the Maguire and the Sammy Sosa face off, do you remember any of these home run derbies? Hamilton in 09 at the Yankee Stadium. I remember that because Padura was just crushing, crushing balls. Um, and I think that's it. That's the last like memorable one that stands out for me. I remember Muncie hitting. What year was that? Uh Couple years but ago, I, I couldn't tell you who won that year, but I remember seeing like my Dodgers hit. But yeah, no, like <laughs> I, I wanted to see Jock Jock do it, but that would have been interesting. Jock coming to do it as a giant in Dodger Stadium, uh, but he said his, his back's barking right now, and, and he said the last time that he did it, it took him like two days to recover. So, so no, that's okay, what I was saying. Doing a home run derbies, yeah. That's why Alonso was saying like he understands why the stars are, especially Shohei, who's the only one still pitching and doing it so well and raking. So yeah. I just still, you know, I could still dream, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, uh, I'm going to go on the record and say, uh, the, the rookie's going to win it. Julio Rodriguez uh, from the Mariners. Cause he has nothing to lose. Yeah. He, he has absolutely nothing to lose aside from going out there and just, just hitting a bunch of home runs. Plus that guy, I think if I'm not mistaken, he hit a, a 400 and like 50 foot bomb off of uh Sandy Alcantara. So it's, you know what? Let the rookie kid win it. Go out there and do the damn thing. Put on a show. Roger, where, who do you think's going to win? Where's Rodriguez from? Uh, oh, the Mariners. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, uh, his background. Like, oh, uh, I don't know where he's from, actually. I just, uh, I can look real quick. Roger. I don't have my phone. I can't Google. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Uh, he sorry, is... I didn't mean to throw you off. Go ahead. No, he's from the Dominican. Oh, I thought so. I didn't want to, you know. You didn't want to stare. You didn't want to guess, and then just a be like, guy from the Dominican playing then... baseball. I'm sure. Uh, and then Minnesota people run? come at me like, "No, he's in." I'm like, "Yo, I just stuck, you know." I'm already waiting for the Dylan uh, attacks to come in. Oh, oh, these guys are Dylan lovers and Kinsawa exactly. kid. Yeah, no. Roger, who do you think's gonna win? Uh, I'm gonna go with Alonso, also Pete Alonso, because I mean he's it's his third time in a row. He's won the last yeah. two. He's like he's like fired up to do this thing, you know. And I expect I. 
he's going to hit a couple out of the stadium. Oh, 100%. Gu- guaranteed. 100%. Well, all right. Well, that mean, that says it right there. Pete Alonso will not win the home run derby <laughs> now. Uh, baby face has just I'm, spoken. By the way, Pete Alonso, great guy. Uh, a class A human being off the field. Great guy. Got in a gnarly car accident this year on the way to spring training. So I actually low-key kind of want – he's my second choice. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right, Juan. I don't think he's going to win now. I, I think that solidified it. Well, I, I mean – so, I mean, we have the Home Run Derby. We have the All-Star Game. Is anyone going to go to any of the other events like the... The Futures uh, Game? The the Futures Game. I mean, we have some Dodgers players uh, in the Futures Game. So, it's Bobby Miller. Uh, oh, not Pepe. I'm sorry. Uh, Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas. And Diego, Diego Cartaya was supposed to do it, but he's hurt, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm surprised that Michael Bush didn't make it. Uh, yeah, I didn't, honestly, I, I'm really, really because he's been raking. Who? He's been raking. Michael, Michael Bush. 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 Michael Bush. Yeah, I believe the translation is Miguel Bush. Uh oh, you guys know what that means, right? Someone's at the door. Uh, go open the door, open baby the door? face. Yeah. Let's see who's joining us on the carne asada this week. Stopping by the carne asada today is uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, your Los Angeles Dodgers uh, top three uh, prospect, Michael Bush. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm trying to stay cool in uh, Oklahoma City. It, uh, Thanks for it's, me. it's the dog days of summer, as they say. It is. I experienced it a little bit last year in uh, Tulsa. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming back for sure. Before we, uh, we, before we dive into the, uh, the hard-hitting stuff, I, I have a very sincere question for you. Because obviously, you know, you're a part of the Dodgers organization. And we here at the Bleed Los podcast, we're about Los Angeles tacos baseball, right? Are you a flour or a corn tortilla guy when it comes to your tacos? Um, I used to be more of a flour guy. I'm not sure why. I think I just grew up eating more flour. And... I'd say probably the beginning of this year, every time I'm asked if I want flour or corn, I pick corn. There we go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The guy is a Dodger. He is officially a Dodger from... now. <laughs> I think no. came, I had like the three best street tacos of all time. I can't remember where, but they were corn. And ever since then, I, I just chose corn. No, Michael, you gave the right answer. And now because of that answer, you are now an honorary Mexican. And you know, when you come to die, when you play in Dodger Stadium, whether it's going to be at the end of this year or next year, when you're playing at Dodger Stadium, you are an honorary Mexican because you made the right answer. Because of the flour tortilla, Michael, I don't know if you were aware of this. The flour tortilla is the oppressor's tortilla. So by you except choosing the corn tortilla, You've you've accepted your roots, so you're a good man. <laughs> what if I told you that I was told to say that? Oh, oh no! No! All right. Did, did, wait, did me did Miguel Vargas get in your ear? Because I swear to God. True story. True story. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, and that, now you can run in off. Now you can run for office in Los Angeles if you wanted exactly. to, because you're already you're... politically ahead of the game. <laughs> Man, it's, you guys uh, coming hard with the difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now you know. Now, getting the uh, the politics out of the way, uh, wanted to uh, to ask you. You know, you you you've gone from Tulsa to uh, to Oklahoma City, like you mentioned, double A to triple A. Uh, how has 
How, how has that adjustment been for you thus far? Because I don't, I feel like you're doing okay <laughs> because you're raking. So I feel, you know, how, how does all that feel for you? Um, it's been good. And I think it's been, it's been easy. Um, I think the, the coaching staff, the uh, players have made it, um, made it that way, made it possible. Um, just like taking us and even the young guys who, I mean, we have probably five or six drillers from this year already up. And I think, you know, the older guys and the way they carry themselves and, you know, the way that they go about things, I think it makes it just a lot easier for us. Go ahead, Alicia. I, well, I was going to parlay into more food talk. Like, do they have decent Mexican food in Oklahoma City? But let's talk some baseball because we don't have you that long. <laughs> um, I was reading up about you and besides the fact that you see the ball the way you do and, and congratulations on all your success. And, and uh, I, I loved that you are a triathlete, meaning you grew up in Minnesota, you played the hockey and you played the football. And it sounds like you were a pretty, you were a badass in football as well. So do you think that that helped you deal with seeing the ball as it's coming over the plate? Is there anything in hockey or, I don't know. I just, I, I think, so here in LA, there's a lot of radio commentators that talk about uh, kids who play multiple sports being better athletes. Is that what you would subscribe to? Or is, is that, is that any kind of your story, your past? I think, yeah, I think you hit it on perfectly. I think it's hard for, um, I think it's hard for me to point out like what it is that, you know, kind of, if it was hockey or if it was football or if it was like, you know, what I did growing up, I'm not really sure, but I think overall, I, I believe it does affect, um, just like, I think each sport helps, you know, the other one. Um, I think hockey and football have helped me in baseball and I think baseball like helps me with hockey and football. So, um, I truly am a believer in, you know, playing as many sports as you can and the ones that you enjoy for as long as you can. And then, you know, high school comes around or college comes around and you kind of um, start to focus on one more. But, you know, growing up, I think playing multiple sports with, um, you know, there's you know, soccer you're using your feet and, and hockey your hand-eye coordination and, and all that. I think all of those um, things that just happen in sports, I think they all affect one another. And it's really happening for you. And it sounds like you could have went on and played football for you, you know, uh, for a, a college. And who knows with hockey? I, I didn't get to find out if you were offered a, a, a hockey scholarship. But uh, I wanted to ask you, growing up, did you watch the Dodgers? And if you had any favorite players? And and uh, have you ever been to a game? Have you watched a game at Dodger Stadium? Uh, I have. So... To answer your first question, I, I grew up watching more of the Minnesota Twins, being from right. Minnesota. Um, but, like, obviously you, the Dodgers were always on TV. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite players growing up was Chase Utley. Oh, um, so when yeah. he came over to L.A., um, I remember that um, yeah. for sure. But... Um, <laughs> What was the next question again? Have you been to a Dodger game? Have you had a Dodger I, dog? Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> I have. And that was, I think it was 
right after I was drafted, actually, I came out to my first Dodger game. I believe it was July 4th. So oh, wow. around three years ago. Oh, wow. Um, so they won. Um, I believe no, the next time it came out, I remember Lux. Um, I've gotten to know Lux pretty well over the last couple of years. And um, I think the second game I ever went to, he was around making his debut. Um, so watching him play too was a ton of fun. That's awesome. Okay, guys. <laughs> hey, Michael, tell me, tell me the truth, man. When you see the Dodgers offseason and they sign Freddie Freeman and it's a freaking all-star team on there, do you just sit there and go, man, how the hell am I going to make this team where every year these guys sign an all-star? Yeah, I, I get that. I get that question quite uh, frequently, especially from just like friends and um, family. And I mean, it is, you know, it crosses, it doesn't really cross my mind, but I know it crosses other people's mind, but it's, um, that's a part of a winning culture. And, um, you know, the Dodgers, that's the reason they win so much is because they have, you know, the best players. And they, from what I've experienced in spring training, their culture in their locker room is, is amazing. And, you know, they keep adding guys who just seem to keep improving that, uh, improving, you know, on the field, off the field. Um, and that's what it takes to win. You know, that's something that I want to be a part of and something that I want to contribute to. So uh, I think some people think it's a little frustrating, but honestly, it's I haven't really got frustrated over that. Um, you know, I'm I just going to keep you know, focusing on myself and, you know, trying to develop to be the best player that I can be. And at the end of the day, that's um, what I think other people should do. I mean, you're pretty consistent. I mean, you were tearing it up in double A, 10 home runs. You come up to triple A, you got 11 home runs. And it's almost the same sample size, the same number of games. Now in triple A, is it true they got you playing in the outfield a little bit? Yeah, I've played probably like a game or two a week in left. Uh-huh. Just getting out there, trying to, you know, whoever, you know, I can get out there and, you know, get my bat in a lineup and um, just at the end of the day, help the team win, honestly, um, wherever I can you know, be on the field. So how does that make you feel? Because it seems like the Dodgers seem to groom their players to play multiple positions. I, I, I mean, you're much younger than I am. So I know growing up for me, it was like you had one position and that's what you played until you made it to the big leagues. But now that doesn't seem to be the case. Are, do you find that not only you or are other guys in AAA receptive to playing multiple positions because that's going to be your ticket to the big leagues? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, even like you look at uh, Dick Lamb, he started in left field yesterday. And yeah. when I got here, he was basically just playing first base in DH. Um, you know, he was hitting well, and then I think he played a couple games at third, and, you know, even a, I think he only played two or three games left. Um, and next thing you know, he's starting in left field, just, you know, get his bat in the lineup and, you know, give them the best chance to win. So I think a lot of the guys, even Miguel Vargas, he's been playing a little bit of left field. Um, he's playing third, second, left, you know, just trying to get uh, certain guys, um, you know, into certain positions just to not make them feel uncomfortable, but just, you know, make them – feel ready for if anything happens in the big leagues. All right. Last one before I send it over to Alonso. How's Miguel's English? Because he duped us. He came on the show. We just spoke to him in Spanish. And by the end of the episode, he was giving us his in and out order. And it was just like, bro, 
I thought you said you didn't speak English. How is his English? It's it's really good, really good. So I've known him since a little bit of 2019, but we basically met in 2020 spring training. And um, from what I heard, when he when he first came to the Dodgers in like 2017 or 2018, he didn't know a lick of English. And now it's it's pretty good. Like you can easily have a conversation with him, and understand him, and and there's some things that he might not be able to get to, but like, it's it's pretty good. It's definitely above average for a lot of the the guys that come over. You guys help him out, right? You don't just teach him the bad words in English. Do you? <laughs> Keep that between us. <laughs> All right, <laughs> go ahead, Alonzo. Um, I was I was curious because you're you know like I mentioned when we did the intro, you're the top three prospect for the Dodgers. I kind of know the answer to this already based on what you said a second ago, but does that noise ever kind of enter in to anything that you do and like your, your, your kind of motivation or anything that you do as you kind of work your way up to the show? Um, I, I try not to, and I don't think it necessarily does. I think, you know, it's, it's hard enough, you know, to crack the big leagues with the Los Angeles Dodgers, especially right now is, um, probably, probably the toughest team to crack um, in the major leagues, and I think that there's nothing. There's you know no prospect level or prospect ranking that can kind of get you to the big leagues. It's basically what you do and how you perform, and um, you know how consistent are you. So um, you know, so I I don't know. You know, some teams maybe they'll, they'll give you a shot. You know, just because um, you know you're a high prospect. But I think with Dodgers, you, you really got to perform and, and show that you, you know, can play consistently um, at a very, very high level. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think I try to you know, let that affect me much, but I think there's enough uh, motivation already out there. Guys, I think we're in good hands with the youth of, of the org because uh, because that, that was a great answer. That was a great answer. Absolutely. <laughs> they do a good job of uh, prepping them down good, in Oklahoma good. City to answer yeah. the media, huh? You know, I get. Well, I, honestly, I kind of get that a lot, not a lot, but like, again, from like friends and family, just like people not in the organization or that don't necessarily understand it. All. I, I don't understand it all, but like I understand right. it you know, more than probably people outside of the organization. Um, you know, Is that the like most annoying them, question like, oh, you get? <laughs> Which the... Exactly. Exactly. Do you just like roll your eyes, going, man? You know, guys, I got other things. There's other things to me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a it's not an annoying question, but it's like, you know, from me a few years ago, I kind of would, you know, think the same thing, and it's different from org to org. So it is right. It's not frustrating, but it's like, that's just how it is. Like, um, no disrespect to any organization, but like the. Dodgers are, you know, day in and day out, probably they are the best team in the league, and they've proven that over the last, like, five or six years. And the guys who have cracked the big leagues um, at such a young age, they've proven themselves, um, and they get their shot. It's not like they, you know, do really well, and then they don't get their shot. You know, you're, I mean, in 2017, 2018, it was fun to watch. It's like Verdugo and Baby, Will Smith, all these guys come in so early, and you know, they, they, they did their job and they've proven that they play consistently and they got up there and they, you know, they, they showed that. 
Hey, Michael, when you get to Dodger Stadium, whether it be at the end of this year or next year, first thing you got to do, there's a couple of taco spots right in front of the stadium, okay? So make sure you stop by either Teddy's Red Tacos or El Russo. Get yourself your taco and then walk into Dodger Stadium and you will officially be a Dodgers, a Dodger that way. Flower or corn? <laughs> <laughs> you let us know, all right? You let us know. You, the answer is corn. But I will tell you this, Michael, if you do go to El Russo, I, I hate to admit this, they make a mean flour tortilla. So I, I would that? not, yeah, I would not, I wouldn't hold it against you if you, if you got tacos at El Russo and you got the flour tortilla there. Love that! I'll definitely check this out. Tacos are my favorite. One thing you have to know about my friend Juan: flour tortillas are in his Fight Club, so uh, so he's very passionate <laughs> they're, about. They're the, not in my Fight Club. They have it. a certain. Stop they it. have a certain Stop it. purpose. Stop like it. if you're gonna have a quesadilla, you go with flour. But like Michael discovered, when you're on the street and you have it with corn, or as the natives call it, maize, it is a different animal. It is just a different animal, and it's the only way it should be done. I can't believe we're ending this up, this this interview with mental gymnastics, but here we are. Here we are, <laughs> Michael. We really appreciate you stopping by uh, uh, for a few minutes and uh, and catching up with you and letting the fans know a little bit about Michael Bush, and uh, hopefully we uh, we can do this again soon. Absolutely, appreciate Thank you guys. Michael. This is fun. Thanks, Michael. So uh, what I didn't appreciate about that interview is that Juan is a damn liar. Why? Uh, what, why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? What do you mean, why? The disingenuineness about how flour tortillas are, in, are not in your fight. Get out of here. What are you going to tell me next? That you're, you're cool with Bob Costas now? Stop it. Stop now it. Now that, that is going too far. How dare you, sir? I, I, how how dare you? You're lying that, to That is our fight club. Listeners. That is fight club instigation right there. Fight club wow. instigation. Wow. I uh, have a, I have to make a comment. Uh, somebody came at me on the DMs and was already? like, "What? Do you, well, this is from our previous shows, which is kind of oh, cool no. that they've listened repeatedly for them to make this comment. What do you guys have against the flour tortilla? My family's from the north, and we do flour tortillas. And I'm like, wow. Okay, whoa. <laughs> okay, whoa. <laughs> Okay, so for starters, my family's from the north, and we oh, and north, yeah, we're from Durango, and we still eat corn tortillas. So, I mean, right, I, I, no, but, the Sonora is famous for their flour tortillas. They are, like, hence El Russo and uh, Sonora Town in the arts district, like delicious. Well, I guess it's fashion district, but delicious. But they they do the flour. Huh? I'm just repeating the message. Don't kill the messenger. And I, no. I was like, oh. It's, you know, we're having fun. And I'm like, but you do need to question where they came from. We're not saying you can't love them. Right. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we're saying. They serve their purpose. Look, fat boys love the, the tortilla, the, especially the tortilla de harina. So I, look, I'm not going to deny it. But if I'm eating a street taco, if I'm going to a taco truck, I would rather have a tortilla de maiz for whether I'm having a taco de carnitas, if I'm having a taco de asada. I will say the only place that makes me actually go mm, is El Russo. El yeah, Russo is the only place if, that really. What, what if you're having like just like a bowl, you know, rice, beans, 
meat, then whatever. that's not really a taco, is it, baby no, face? That's called saying, wow. No, but I'm saying, like you, like you say, you know, quesadilla, <laughs> you know, the flour. But if in, in general, like if you're eating the bowl and you want a tortilla, what, what do you go to? Pues eso no es un taco. I'm not talking uh, about tacos. I'm just talking about food. Yeah, I, I would use a tortilla de maíz. I really only use tortillas de harina when eating a burrito or a quesadilla. También. That's, that's really the only time. <laughs> Like in the morning, if I make huevos con chorizo, I get the tortilla de maíz and I rip it and, you know, I, I eat it that way. You don't even need a fork. Just yeah, fuck it. I, just, yeah. I eat it that One, way. Can I, can you be my guest this week? It, it would be awesome while we're together leading up to or right after our uh, All-Star Game Watch Party. Can I treat you guys to some tacos at uh, Sonora Town, Sonora Town in Los Angeles? Not too okay. far from the stadium. I'm down. Sure. I would yeah. love to get your opinion because they are, they are, they're really good. They're stellar and they're from Sonora and uh, yeah. they parked it here in LA and they're doing very well. And they're, they're always up there like the top three when they have taco fest. So I just want your opinion. Yeah. It's an well, excuse yeah. to eat tacos. Okay. That, and, and, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to turn that down. I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> Look, I will drink Clase Azul tequila. Orale, orale. That doesn't mean that I don't prefer my Clase Ocho. Right. It's just, <laughs> you guys, you, you, it's two different things, okay? We all know that tortillas de harina are, are good, but let's also just recognize the fact who made them. Right. And that they are the oppressors tortilla. That's the only thing that we're we're talking about here. That's all. We're, we're just reminding people that... That was uh, an invention that came after the fact. And I'm just reminding people that you are a liar, sir, because those tortillas <laughs> are in your fight club. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. No, because you're going to see me eating an El Russo and be like, hey, how are they in your fight club if you're eating them? But, it, but it's also it's, it's like my stance. No, no, not to shoot shots just to shoot them. But it's like my stance with Chick-fil-A. I, I they hate everyone. Right. Including me. So. <laughs> But that, that hate chicken, that hate chicken tastes good though. It does. The hate chicken. I call it something else that I probably shouldn't see on the air. But <laughs> the hate chicken's fired. But if somebody else is paying for it, I am not supporting terrorism. So that's what makes that's it okay. A very good point oh. there. So that very. way, if Alicia's treating us to to uh, the, the Sonora style taco, she's paying for it with her card. We can document that. We just won't put the number out. But if she's paying for them, <laughs> fair game. I feel like that's I, fair game. Hey, babyface, is this where we read the Chick Fil A ad? Is this is, is that when we is that when we do it? Yeah, Look, before we wrap up the show, guys, I, and just to wrap up the Michael Bush thing, I, what I find really really interesting is those guys that are in Triple A right now, and the fact that the Dodgers are moving them around. Right, like Michael Bush was a second baseman; they got him playing on the outfield. Miguel Vargas was a third baseman; they're playing him at first; they're playing him in the outfield. It looks like these guys are they're grooming him to try to be Chris Taylor's. I I find it very interesting to see what happens during this trade deadline that comes up. Yes. Because do they not trade these guys? Do they hold on to these guys? Because don't look now, but Max Muncy's contract is up in 2023. Right. Bellinger's contract is up in 2024. Do they not extend these guys and go to a youth movement? With like you're gonna pay these guys cheaper, right? You're gonna spend less money on these guys, and maybe you throw that money to fill plug in some other holes that you have. I mean, I said it in our group text. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Diego Cartaya. I mean, it, it's 
there's clear there's currently a log jam a catcher right and i know roger said in that group text oh well you know austin's deal is short term and yada yada i i wouldn't be opposed if they hey we're, we'll give you hey miami marlins we would like sandy alcantara we'll give you the Ejo cartaya and i don't know what else would would entail right i mean the, the guy out of all those guys the two guys that stand out to me that I think they won't move are Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas because they play multiple positions. Diego Cartaya, as of now, at least, is is a catcher and only a catcher. I know they value his bat. But the Dodgers have also not been hastily about moving catching prospects. CC, uh, our uh, former Kieber, catcher. Kieber Ruiz. Who they went out and they moved for Max Scherzer along with uh, uh, Trey Turner to acquire that. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what at some point happening. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I wouldn't be absolutely shocked. But also, the Dodgers have the 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 you know the the expendableness, if you will, of guys that they can go out and move, and it won't really hurt the farm. So I mean, anything's possible with the Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Babyface, you, you, you were speaking of a hundred hits earlier. Freeman had a hundred hits. I just saw a tweet that Miguel Vargas got his hundredth hit tonight. Already, a hundred hits in the wow. season. Wow, he's raking. Dude, that kid has just climbed up the rag, uh, the rankings. Just, uh, I, I'm just so impressed by how quickly he he moved up there. Because before this year, I I never heard of him. The the lore of Miguel Vargas is insane too. Because remember when when I asked him about playing in the Cuban show at like 12 or however yeah. old, he was like, "What? <laughs> like you're already playing in the pros at that level?" But I mean, he's. He's a professional hitter, right? If we're seeing anything, and just like Michael Bush, Michael Bush even talked about it, going from double A AA to triple A for most people is a little bit of an adjustment. Not for Michael Bush. He's, he's doing okay. And I do think that the Dodgers are best positioned youth-wise for a long time to come, even if they don't re-sign a Max Muncy, and if they, even if they decide, hey, we're not going to re-sign Cody, because they do they have the depth. So if Miguel Vargas came up, hey, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, that dude can play. And he can, I mean, was it was it him or was it Diego that gave us his full order in in and out in English? Diego. Diego? Diego. Diego. Uh, but either way, I mean, they, those guys, they, they all, they're right. So I wouldn't be mad if any of those guys were in the clubhouse. I mean, you got Hanser Alberto 2.0. Let's go. I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, okay. Before, uh, the princess has to go. So before yeah, yeah. we end the show, uh, let's just get your picks real quick. Uh, we're only doing two games. It's the, the two games against <laughs> the, the Angels. The Angels. Uh, by the way, and, no and one the won last game. week. You can pick the All-Star game if you want. Who's going to win, NL or uh, AL? Oh, okay, let's oh, do okay. that. Uh, Wait, so way, do, are we including that in there, or is that a separate? A, that's that a side a pick. That will be a bonus pick. That's, okay. that, that's a, uh, a parlay, uh, if yeah. you will. We'll do, we'll we'll do a parlay. Uh, I think and let's will... just say if you hit the parlay, you get an extra point. Okay. okay. I think uh, the Dodgers will sweep the Los Angeles Angels of Orange County of Anaheim, and uh, and then the ooh can I get, let me get back to you on the NL because I don't remember who's pitching for the for the AL. I, I apologize. Go ahead, Alicia, with your picks. How dare you not go with the NL? Um, I'm, I'm a betting man. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm I'm going to say the same that Dodgers sweep and uh, nationally will win the All Star game. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to all go across the board here. I'm going 2-0, even though uh, Saturday's game makes me nervous because I think it might be a bullpen game. Yes. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the National League because I'm a National League guy, and I always go for the National League. Babyface. I'll go 
three and zero against the Angels, but it'll be two. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And uh, there it is. And I'm gonna go right now. I think they're gonna break out finally this year and 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 win one. Um, what's it been like? Twelve years. I mean, there was, a time, there was a time that they won like twenty years in a row, in right? A row. And now it reversed. So I think I think this is the year they're gonna do it, Dodger Stadium. I'm gonna go AL because I just looked at their roster. Dang, it ain't fair. It ain't fair, bro. Like, that, ain't, that ain't right how good that roster is. And just to give you guys a recap, last week nobody won because nobody picked the Dodgers going 6-1. and one. Actually, the only person that won and now has put our listeners on the board, Anthony Magdaleno, I know you're not on the live tonight, but when you listen to this, congratulations, buddy. You won. You were the only one that picked the Dodgers going 6-1. to one, Going 6-1. and one. So to recap, I have five points in first place. Alicia in second with four. Alonzo and Roger with three. And our listeners are on the board with one now. So uh, there you have it. And uh, listeners, watch, watchers, followers, what, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but chime in with your picks for the week, uh, all three of them, and uh, and we'll, we'll get you guys on the board. And again, as a reminder, we're having a kickback at LA Hot Wings on Tuesday, July 19th. Uh, which is off of seven, the 710 and Valley Boulevard. Uh, we're going to be there, all four of us. We're going to be there. We're going to do a show there. Um, it'll be live. It won't be like right when the game starts because it starts so damn early on the West Coast. But um, we will be there. Uh, we, there's going to be giveaways. Alicia's talked about that. Uh, we're going to, if you wear your Dodger gear, you get half off of appetizers. And if you ask about our Lucky 13 specials, Alicia will get you sorted out on that. Uh, again, all four of us are going to be there. We're going to have this shirt that, uh, if you're watching, the Harin and Mota and Venezuela and Urias and, of course, the Bleed Loss podcast shirt. No one has it yet. It hasn't dropped yet. It's going to be out uh, soonish. Uh, we don't know when the uh, the timeline is yet, but we'll get all, all those details. Regardless, if you're here, if you're there, you'll, you'll get access to that. And, uh, again, come hang out. Bring the family. It's family-friendly. Uh, it's a pizza place, even though we talk about tacos all the time. It's a pizza and wings place, so we'll be there. And a uh, huge thanks to them. It's a family-owned business, so we're really stoked that they let us uh, 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 do the thing there, all about giving back. Uh, 5468 Valley Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90032, off the 710 and Valley Boulevard. Uh, and, and last thing before we get out of here, because I know Alicia's got to go, this episode was presented by our partners at Bet Online. If you go to their website, betonline.ag, and use our promo code, which is believe, B-L-E-A-V, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That easy. Huge thanks to them for presenting the episode. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening, following, do all that stuff. If you haven't followed us, you'll find the socials on, on the Bleed Lost podcast. All of our handles are there. Go give us a follow. Uh, thank you again. And, uh, and most importantly, go Dodgers. We will see you on Tuesday, July 19th. At LA Hot Wings. We will see you there. Love you, Mom. Love you, sis. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.